Welcome to the Done Right Podcast. I'm Jordan Staples, and over the past decade and a half, I've been studying how people live successful and satisfying lives, both in and outside of work. And here's what I've learned. People in the workforce who are successful and satisfied are the ones that show up, pitch in, and make an impact in their companies. They are the ones who know how to get stuff done, but do it right. So our mission for this podcast is to deliver insight and inspiration to fuel the way you show up at work today. We are here in Lehigh, Utah uh, with Trish Gorman. Excited to have you back for another episode of the Strategic Leadership Series. Um, Welcome to the podcast. Thanks. I'm very glad to be back. Awesome. Well, let's uh, let's get everybody uh, up to speed. Those who haven't heard the previous episodes, give us a little bit of an intro of who you are and and what you do for the University of Utah, kind of your background, and then let's uh, we'll intro them kind of into this strategic leadership series and get them clued in on what we mean by strategic leadership. Excellent. And for those of you who've heard this before, uh, thanks for hanging in there. Mm-hmm. But I'll just highlight that my background is. Um, diverse. I've worked for a while in consulting, which I really enjoyed. I have a PhD in strategy and economics and a background in mathematics and operations. So I've, I've done some formal education and I've had the opportunity to study with great people and to teach. Right now I'm teaching innovation, entrepreneurship, and strategy at the University of Utah's Eccles Business School. But my uh, most important role there is I'm the managing director of the Goff Strategic Leadership Center. So my background in industry and consulting and academia has led me to the conclusion that one of the most important things we can do is help each other develop into stronger strategic leaders, people who help others and motivate others to pursue value for their teams and for their organizations. And that's what this whole series is all about. That's awesome. So let's let's dig into that strategic leadership piece. Um, we talked, we have an episode all about like what a strategic leader is, but um, what you described it to me was really it's kind of a, a sub component of leadership, right? And you just were talking about how that sub component really is focused on creating value for the team and for the organization. Is that right? Right. The strategic leadership is a subset of overall leadership, and there are so many kinds of leaders, charismatic leaders and servant leaders. Um, We are not taking anything away from any of them. We're just focusing in on this slice of people who are focused, as you say, on value creation. Um, And what does that mean? Does that mean profits? It could. It could mean value for your community. It could mean value for your team, changing your competitive positioning, making you stronger against others or closer to your customer. Um, But that means that strategic leaders take some risk because there's no reward without risk. They live in the future. They're making decisions today that are going to impact tomorrow and and days after tomorrow. Um, And they're always learning. So there's a sort of uh, profile of a strategic leader that we want to dig into today. And, and, you know, spoiler alert, we actually (laughs) think it's it's actually latent in a lot of people. A lot of people have the potential Mm -hmm. to be more strategic, to act in this way, and can unlock a lot more value than they're actually realizing right now. That's really that's really cool. So the way that uh, these are broken down, uh, we've got an episode that is on strategic leadership and really the six key principles of that. And essentially, the way I see, like you guys have organized it, is that there's 
There's the core of a strategic leader, which we're going to hit on today um, and in some you know, some future episodes. There's like the role of a strategic leader, really how they interact with people. And then there's like the goals of strategic leaders, uh, which we'll get into in some in some future episodes. So focusing on the core, right? Focusing on the core. What for you makes an individual a strategic leader? That's a great question. And, and you're exactly right, because leadership is such a great, huge concept. We have broken it down to these three key dimensions. And focusing on the core, it's really who you are as a strategic leader. And it, it breaks down to some aspects of integrity and how, who you are as a human, um, how you express your beliefs and, and what you strive to do, kind of what gets you out of bed in the morning. Um, but there's more to it than that. There's also aspects of certain behaviors, which is a bias towards the future, a bias towards others. Um, and really, if you could call it a mindset, I mean, I know some mm -hmm. people um, take that sort of attitude mindset thing and, and, and it's hard to pin down. But it, it's, it's, um, a, a, it's a perspective that says um, you have a desire to make things better. Um, and a lot of people, I used to, I don't know if people do this anymore, sign their email with sort of be the change you want to see in the world. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's that's a bit of sort of the essence of, of the core of a strategic leader. That's not the only way, you know, it, but it's, it's looking at something and finding a problem to solve, being the kind of person that isn't complacent and isn't waiting for someone else to decide what to do next. They're, they're, even in an abundant environment where there might not seem to be problems to solve, there are ways to continuously improve and change and make things better for yourself and others. So the, the sort of who you are as a strategic leader is someone who wants to create value, who's looking for those opportunities. Um, and you may or may not have a formal designation that somebody tells you you're a strategic leader. Um, many of our students self-identify as, as leaders and as strategic leaders, but they haven't been given any formal authority. That's interesting because well, I guess I guess the follow-up question is, is, how do I know? Like, how do I know if I've really got what it takes to be a strategic leader? Um, that's great. And I In a real practical sense, yeah, right? Real practical you know, sense. Like, I think we yeah. all aspire. Like, we want to bring value. Yeah. We want to create value. Like, nobody wants to be outside of that bucket. Right. You know, right. whether you are in an official mm -hmm. leadership role or not, like yeah. – how do I know uh, that I am one or that I have the potential? Okay, great. No, and, and, it's, and, and I, I chuckle a little bit because a lot of times I ask people if they think they are strategic leaders and very few people will actually immediately raise their hand. So it's easier to break it down into some specific things. So if I ask you, Jordan, you know, in, in recent days, have you seen a problem that was blocking somebody else and, and tried to clear that obstacle? Hey, can you actually think of a time when you, you know, Yes, the answer them? to that is yes. yes. Okay, so um, how about have you made decisions that you had really struggled with? Okay, the short-term answer is one, but I'm thinking about tomorrow. I'm going to make a decision today that's going to impact tomorrow. 100%. 100%. Okay, so you're already exhibiting some of these things that are really strategic leadership characteristics, right? So mm -hmm. um, do you find yourself kind of sitting around in your office waiting for somebody to tell you what to do, or are you out looking for ways to help clients, customers, and I hope teammates. I'm not sitting in my office waiting for that. Okay. I, I, I don't think anyone's ever spotted you sitting in your <laughs> office. So, so if you're a doer, if you're somebody who's sure. out looking for um, opportunities, now 
you know, they may be opportunities to make yourself more successful and improve your reputation and improve your status in the community. That's okay. Um, is, and, and we often see that your personal goals are aligning with professional goals. So we're not saying you have to always be saying, oh, gee, how can I solve somebody else's problem? How mm-hmm. can I go find trouble and, mm-hmm. and you know, be Superman? No, no, no. But it's, it's the bias towards instead of saying, oh, I have my work. I'm going to stretch it out to make it last until Friday at 5 o'clock. I'm going to accomplish tasks. Strategic leaders, are, are they, they're getting their, their tasks completed. Mm-hmm. They're getting work done. But they are kind of dual processing and thinking about why they're doing it and maybe what they could do instead or in addition. Um, And I'm not saying you all have to be workaholics, but it's this idea that you have a bigger picture in mind. You're not just in the weeds. You actually come up above and and look out and say, hey, you know, I might be able to make make positive change, make things easier in the future and make things better. So I'm going to challenge you a little bit. so one one thing that came to mind is, is even as we've been starting off this uh, this conversation is some of that description just to be kind of the devil's advocate sounds like an opportunist, hmm. right? So it sounds it sounds like someone who's going to show up and they're um, and I actually had a while this is this is last year um, I had someone on my team that said Jordan if I hear the word opportunity one more time. <laughs> I'm going to lose it, right? Because that's because I I see a lot of opportunities, but like is there is there a point at which and maybe this goes to I'm feeling, you know, I'm, I'm putting words in your mouth, but you brought up integrity like right out the gates. And I just wonder like is there is there a, a difference between um Having the big picture in mind and, and being an opportunist, if that's not a leading question, if you no, no, I, th- I think it's really interesting, and 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 trust me, some of these words are so overused, and mm-hmm. especially once we turn problems into opportunities, then isn't everything an opportunity? Sure, yeah. And so, yeah, I'm a little, uh, I I can see where the skepticism might come in, but I would say strategic leaders have a a, a courage about themselves that they are willing to have the contrarian belief. Maybe everyone else is rushing to the opportunity that they see in artificial intelligence or they mm-hmm. see in drones or they see in online education. And you may stop and say, actually, I disagree. I don't think that's our best opportunity. So making tough choices, having tough conversations, that's also a big part of it. So I do lead off saying, don't be sitting waiting for someone to tell you what to do. Go find something cool to do. But don't just go find something cool to do and and run after the first shiny object. There's also a lot of the true strategic element here, which is, is this a right opportunity for the time? So we ask, is it time? Are we too soon, too late? We ask, is it big? Is it worthwhile? Is there really value here for us or for our customers and clients? And, And is it mine? Is it, you know, it might be a great opportunity or a great uh, potential value creation, you know, problem to solve, but it, it might not be yours. Walk away. You know, make choices. This is the best way you could use your time and your team's time. So, um, so yeah, I think there could be an opportunist bit to it, but I'm hoping that we go beyond that and, and we're more discerning. Let me give you an example of someone who's sitting in their cube or their office and they're demonstrating strategic leadership. So they're getting an email or a phone call or a Slack that's asking them to do something. And we might all feel like, okay, I want to be a good soldier. I'm asked to do something, I'll do it. 
even just taking that pause to say, is this my right next step? Is this the right thing I should be doing? Maybe you get that ask and the, the right thing as a strategic leader looking at your core is to say, I'm not the right person for that. Let me pass this on. Now, is that passing the buck? Am I just kind of keeping myself from, from having to do any hard work? That's the essence of it is really looking and saying, gee, should I jump on this task? Should I join this team? Should I uh, take this committee assignment? Should I help someone finish something by 5 o'clock today? Or am I going to find the right person? Or is what's already on my desk more important? And I need to say no because uh, it would be abandoning something else that, that has higher value. So stepping back and not just treating yourself as <clears throat> sort of a conveyor belt of requests that come and go, but um, having that discernment, that courage, and that um, ability to make those tough choices. Let me ask this question then. So there's probably people listening, and, and certainly there's, there's characteristics you're describing that I, I envy, like there are things I want to develop. Do you, do you see, or maybe uh, from your experience, believe, like how much of leadership, especially the strategic leadership component, is kind of innate characteristics, like you're born to lead, you're born to be strategic, uh, versus this is stuff that people have developed, like the, you know, the best kind of strategic leaders actually developed into you know, that, that kind of a role. That's a wonderful question. And certainly there are some characteristics like being extroverted, being articulate, being a risk taker that may seem to correlate with early leadership experiences. So if you're the first one to speak up, if you have a lot of confidence and courage, you may read as a leader. Other people start to see you that way, give you the opportunity to make more strategic choices and so on. But we actually find that some of the great followers are actually really good strategic leaders. And, and that's because they're processing what's happening around them and maybe they're not the most extroverted, they're not doing all the talking, they're not in a formal role, but they're persuading, influencing, motivating, and making choices and making change um, in their own ways. So some are innate characteristics, but strategic leaders, an awful lot of it has to do with um, analysis, being able to find data and, and come up with an argument that says, here's why we should move in a direction or not, how, why we should make this choice. I don't want to imply that all of this is just from the gut, that it's just you're born this way and you have some superpower that allows you to magically know what to do. No, there's a lot of hard work, data collection, data analysis, um, discussion with others, creating buy-in, alignment, all the tools that are in a strategist toolkit plus the leadership tools. Um, and a lot of it can be developed and needs to be developed continuously. We work with students who are young, and we work with CEOs and experienced um, senior executives. And there's there's always a way to reinforce or improve. So let's let me ask you this then. I feel like I'm playing devil's advocate today, but <laughs> maybe maybe it's worthwhile. So why would someone, like, at, at whatever stage they're at in their career, I think when we think of students, a lot of times we associate that with, you know, you're young, it's, you're kind of in learning mode already. Um, why, why would someone take the time and the energy today, whether they were early, mid, later stages of their career, to pivot and to really develop on some of those characteristics, some of those skills that you're talking about? There's two big reasons. One, because the world is changing. 
and two, because you may want to have a different, you may want to change your own role in the world we have now. So I'm going to start with the, the second. Um, so if you're perceived as someone who can make these tough choices, who can find the right problems to solve and frame them and bring that courage or we call it sometimes the intensity along with the insight to get things done, you will get more opportunities. It may mean you get promoted, you may move to a different office, you may have um, a, a larger team, larger scope of responsibility, um, access to more interesting and more sophisticated clients. So the classic, whether it's climbing the corporate ladder or nowadays people say, you know, traversing the lattice or moving along and making sure your career has the impact and that you realize the potential of your career in terms of impact. So there's, there's that piece. And people who are perceived as strategic thinkers and strategic leaders are very um, valuable inside most organizations and do get more opportunities. So one is, if you want a great career, this is one way uh, to make it happen. And we find people find more engagement and satisfaction in this kind of work as well. So if you want to enjoy your work and, and you know, have a great career, that's number one. But the second is the world is changing. Your job is changing. Your industry is changing. The arena where you're competing is changing. Your customer preferences are changing. Uh, laws are changing. Economics are changing. Technology is changing. And strategic leaders, a big piece of the essence, the core of a strategic leader is that they have the ability to continuously learn. They're, they're self-aware of where they're weak. Um, they're, they're, they're honest with themselves that maybe what got them here won't get them to the next level. They may have mastered yesterday's technologies, but they're clueless about tomorrow's. So the ability to be resilient and adaptive is a huge part of strategic leadership. So you may be thinking, I want to have this great career and I want to have huge impact. And then your industry takes a, a huge pivot to the left or, or is, is disrupted or destroyed. What are you going to do then? Well. Your essential core is going to help you there because you're going to be able to find new problems and, and retool and go in a new direction. So both of those reasons we feel are really strong. Uh, so that even if you're done with school and you think your education's over, uh, the kind of skills and, and behaviors we're talking about will help you. That's great. Is there something that separates leaders from non-leaders or is it just like the, the desire to lead? Well, it's interesting because you can be activating your strategic leadership and then you can you can kind of turn it on and off. You can be a follower on one day or in one meeting and a leader in another. Uh, in one area or domain, you might really be the, 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 the person who's, who's perceived by others and acting in a leadership role. But it's not always, always on. There's times when you're in a support role. Um, and certainly even that, that personal agility of knowing when you're more passive and when you're more active uh, is part of what you need to learn in order to be really great at it. So I, I, we were talking about this before we, we uh, hit record. Um, let's talk about diversity a little bit because I, I think we all know that men and women are, are perceived differently uh, in, in the business world. And, and certainly I, I would imagine that I'm curious to get your reaction, like the differences you've seen in terms of how women versus men approach this, and then certainly how they're perceived mm -hmm. um, as they're taking, you know, as they're influencing from a strategic standpoint. Like, what uh, what are some of those differences that you've seen? If there's other um, maybe minority groups that you've 
looked into or you, you have some, uh, some insight on, that'd be interesting as well. Yep. Well, certainly I've spent more time looking at the gender issues than the underrepresented groups. But in diverse groups, it's, um, it's easy for both the individual to feel inhibited about expressing maybe a contrarian belief or um, a new opportunity for value. And often even when they do, the, the group hearing it is perhaps not really hearing it. For example, if a woman uh, was heading in one direction, finds new information and says, actually, I'm going to make a tough choice. We're going to move in a new direction. This is going to create higher value, but there's a probability of failure where we can learn something. Um, this can be perceived as terrific. Go for it or a bit of dithering or indecisiveness. And women have a double bind, then a lot of the characteristics that they bring to the workplace are not interpreted in the same way as they would be from from a man or from someone in the dominant group. So are, are women perceived as more, in those situations, as more indecisive if they make, mm-hmm. want to push for that pivot and that uh, I've definitely change. seen that happen, and I've seen women who had to use different um, tactics yeah. to find um, to find a group of like-minded women or men or per, bring, bring the power of data, the power of experts, other sources of power aside from their own individual voice to make sure that they could kind of cl- cut through the clutter and be heard, especially when there's a time-sensitive element to it. And building consensus and buy-in the traditional ways, um, especially in a gendered environment, may not be an effective path. Mm. So, um, and I, I, I do think also we see it's harder for women to um, s- nominate themselves to be a leader, you know, to, to say, well, no one's stepping up, I'll step up. Um, if, if they've had early experiences where that's worked for them personally, they are more likely to do so. But um, often they need a mentor or they need, or they would maybe not need, needs too strong of a word, but they benefit from having others who help to uh, reinforce them in those roles. Um, And especially when you're trying to convince a group to go in a risky direction and you're drawing on your personal um, courage. Mm -hmm. Either way, it's going to (laughs) be just a risky, unsettling situation. It's hard for for young people sometimes when they're in a group of – more senior people. Sometimes it's hard for someone who's been around for a long time and has seniority when they're amongst young people who seem to have more technological mm-hmm. insights and prowess. So it's not just men, women. It can be so many different um, kind of permutations of the dominant group, the, the dominant logic, if you can call it that, and the culture of the place. And then someone who's perceived as bringing in um, maybe an unwelcome or unexpected idea, direction, or argument, and finding a way to create a culture where those conversations can happen. It doesn't mean that every time someone who thinks they're a strategic leader brings a great idea for impact that it's the right idea and it should be accepted, but it should be at least um, there should be a process for making sure that it's heard and evaluated and then respected in some way, even if it is then dismissed. Sure. So let's dig into maybe uh, how someone might start to develop some of these core 
skills of being a strategic leader? Like what, what are some things that people could do to become better at this today? Um, there's a couple things. One is look around you for opportunities. Look at opportunities that other people are pursuing that you may want to um, lend your, your efforts towards. Um, so it doesn't have to be a big risk, but it's a lot of looking up from your desk, looking up from your immediate tasks and, and, um, and responsibilities to, to not maybe on a regular basis, um, to, to look outside your typical mm-hmm. kind of swim lane. Mm-hmm. And secondly, I would say, look at others in the organization who are who seem to have these characteristics already and look at how they're succeeding in your particular culture. That's also really helpful because we can give you all kinds of case studies of how, you know, this might have worked at 3M with this particular person or Dropbox with this other person, but you're in your own culture and environment. So one of the things you can do is sort out what tends to work in your place. Be be observant of that. Yeah, be observant of that and be looking for things at a more specific level. You can, um, you know, do little exercises. Like we do one where we say, you know, jump in your time machine and go to the future. And is what you're doing today going to actually matter? Mm. And and everyone does this in a different way. Does what you're doing matter in 10 minutes, 10 months, 10 years is one approach that um, uh, is very powerful. And however that works for you, it's, is this really the best thing I can be doing with my time right now? And if not, then step back, reevaluate. But a lot of times it does take, I call it getting into your time machine. Because just looking at what you're doing, um, I mean, I have a deadline at five o'clock today that if I don't step back and ask myself the question of, does it really matter? I'm just going to put my head down and, and get it done today because I said I would and it sounds important. And mm-hmm. um, But but the the practice, the habit of stepping back and also asking, do I have to do this? Maybe even if I'm honest with myself, what I think I really need to do by five o'clock today, I could um, delegate or I could work more collaboratively and it doesn't have to be all me. So getting your ego out of the way, getting in your time machine – and lifting your head up from your desk. Do you do you see um, kind of analysis paralysis get in the way? I mean, and maybe you can kind of speak to mm-hmm. some of the obstacles that get in the way of people really doing this, right? Because I imagine that you know, I, I think what I'm taking away from today is that at your core, with being a strategic leader, you've got to see the bigger picture and just see the opportunity and really think about what you're doing and, and the impact it's having and. Um, but I also know there's a lot of us that get stuck into that world of not wanting to make a move until it feels like the perfect move or it feel, you know, mm-hmm. until yep. they've analyzed it to death. So I'm so glad you're asking that question because that's the unseen cost of this sometimes. It's very obvious in many situations to see the person who's trying to sort of flit from opportunity to opportunity and go in their future time machine and, you know, kind of always be out there on the edge with the contrarian beliefs and, and trying to lead. We can kind of pull that person back and help them to, to channel a lot of that in positive ways. But sometimes you don't even see the person who's digging in deeper and deeper into analytics and, as you say, analysis paralysis, trying to get ready for that 
big, you know, drum roll moment where they come out with, and here's what we really need to do, folks. Mm-hmm. Um, and if, since we can't see that wheels spinning and all those analytics, sometimes we can't repurpose that to a more productive way of work. Mm-hmm. Um, but certainly, yeah, the 80-20 rule or, or having enough of an idea of what you want to say or do to share it with a trusted colleague or to start to syndicate it around is part of the suite of skills you need. Um, you're, if you're 100% right, you're probably solving a problem that either, one, someone else has already solved, or two, it was yesterday's problem. Sure. Well, I'm excited. We've got we've got two episodes we're going to do together where we're going to hit on the the two uh, core principles of strategic leaders. One is being uh, cultivating self awareness, personal agility, and continual growth, and the other is deliver results with strong personal ownership. So excited to jump into those topics with you. Thanks for being with us here today. Uh, look forward to our next conversation. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. You can find more information about the topic and continue the conversation at donerightpodcast.org. The Dunright Podcast is hosted by me, Jordan Staples. The show is produced by Workfront. Our team includes Jeremy Tippetts and Mark Hansen. Thanks for listening. And if you like what you hear, rate and review the show. It helps other people find us. See you next time. <laughs>